Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. What should happen to failing MMDCEs? Share your thoughts. 055-1111-997. Still ahead. Tonight, fresh sounds of gunshots echo in Boku, even as authorities are locked up in a crucial municipal security council meeting over recent killings in the area. We'll hear from the municipal security council as they reveal at least 200 people have been killed since the Boku ethnic clashes started in 2021. Started somewhere November 2021, but I can tell you that a number of persons died. Yes, would hit 200 and plus. If I'm not lying to you, I am so worried about it. Also tonight, the Foreign Affairs Minister has tonight sacked personnel from various security agencies. She says have overstayed their welcome at their Crown Passport Office, fueling alleged corrupt practices there. From Monday, please do not come back because you've been changed. We want to bring some sanity. Every time politicians are corrupt, meanwhile, it's some public civil servants who will do things that shouldn't be done. More, as the minister says, investigations are underway to deal with those engaged in shady deals with Guru Boys. There's an investigation going on and some names have been mentioned. And there are people from outside, a cartel who are working with people from inside. And then later, details plus reactions of that outright and immediate ban on party paraphernalia at festivals across the Greater Accra region, which you just had the Greater Accra Regional Minister explain. MMDC's president and presiding members have taken a decision, and that is to say that going forward, all festivals in Greater Accra will be celebrated. In fact, the, the party paraphernalia are banned from all festivals in Greater Accra, strictly banned. We also have in business. Rice prices at the global level surges to a 12-year high as food and a great organization warns it could get worse in the coming months. And in sports, former Black Stars coach uh, Kwesi Apiatu competes Randy Abbey and nine others for a sport on GFA's executive council in September 27 elections. We'll bring you details shortly as aspirants ready themselves for vetting. Mm, you want to stay with us because right after this, I'll be taking you to Boku where gunshots have been echoing all day. Hey, you ever buy credits where you get up to 20% of your money back before? Look, I tell you about Vodafone's a double promo. See, anytime you the recharge for a double, you get up to 20%, whether it be short code or your Vodafone cash wallet, or you don't use credit transfer to your number or someone else. And now you be high tech, so you don't use my Vodafone app or any payment app. However, you do uh, Vodafone go send you up to 20% cash back. Into your Vodafone cash account. Who reload here? But then he enter. Top up your airtime with five Ghana CD or more in Vodafone's and double promo. And receive 20% of your money back straight into your Vodafone Cash Wallet. Recharge and cash out in the Vodafone Air Demo Promotion. Vodafone, further together. 
Welcome to Belmonte, where luxury meets comfort. If you're in the market for a home that combines class, convenience, and comfort, then look no further than Belmonte. Belmonte is located in the prime East Legon area of Lagos Avenue. The Belmonte Stylish Apartment offers first-class luxury and cutting-edge finishing. Whether you are looking for an executive studio suite or a cozy one-bedroom apartment, a spacious two-bedroom apartment, or a custom villa, we have you covered. But that's not all. Belmonte offers a range of top-notch facilities to relax and keep you entertained. So why wait? Take the first step towards your dream home. Sign up for our three-year payment plan and own your property today. Contact us at 0204-343-011 or 0204-343-015 to learn more. Belmonte is developed by CPL Developers. My name is Nanama McBrown. Many people think I get what I want anytime because I am popular. <laughs> no, that is not true. It is because me and Kasano, I like the best. And when I find it, I stick to it. I have found Bell Pack Tea Roll and I'm stuck with it. It is soft but not weak, strong but not hard. It is just perfect. Bell Pack Tea Roll is smooth and gentle on the skin. Same as Bell Pack Kitchen Towel. It cleans in one wipe. You can soak, squeeze, and clean again. One Bell Pack Kitchen Towel lasts longer and saves you money. It's time you switch to Bell Pack today and experience the perfect paper tissue, Saiye pocket tissue, table napkins, tea roll, and a kitchen towel. Bell Pack is simply the best. Bell Pack just perfect. To be a Bell Pack distributor, call 055 Another quality product from Bell Aqua. And you're still live here on News Snyder's on Joy 99.7 FM. I will share your views with the rest of the world pretty shortly. 055 And tonight, the violence in Boko has erupted uh, once more, and gunshots have been echoing throughout the day. What you're hearing there are gunshots uh, echoing in Boku as members of the Municipal Security Council find themselves engaged once more in a crucial meeting to address a recent spate of killings there. Over the past weekend, unidentified assailants launched a fatal attack claiming the life of one individual in what is suspected to be an ethically motivated incident. Now, this tragic event unfolded at a local fuel station, resulting in injuries to two women as well. Hamza Amadou, the municipal chief executive for Boku, has confirmed that a police manhunt is underway to apprehend those responsible for the recent violence. Yes, there was an attack in the weekend, and in fact, like I indicated, that uh, an assailant came closer to the total failure station area, uh, popularly known as Mobile, and that's just close to the traffic line. And the person opened firearms on persons who are conducting their business activities within that particular area. And indeed, the gunshots hit by four people. And the information that I got, in fact, the police who rushed to the scene reported to me that it led to two guys 
been hit and two women. Indeed, within a few hours, the driver died, leaving the other three persons wounded. And so I can report to you that the one who died is not a resident of Baku, and he is an Akamba tribe. He is an Akamba ethnic group, and he is from the southern part of the country. Indeed, he's a teacher in Bolga, according to the information that I gathered. His brother spoke with me, and in fact, coincidentally, his elder brother happens to my mate at the Navrungo Senior High School between 2007 to 2008, uh, between 1997 to 1999. Yes. And so the brother who is a teacher in Bolga also owns a vehicle of which he drives to Boko okay. on weekends. Well, he also confirmed that uh, the conflict since it re-erupted in 2021 has claimed at least 200 lives. However, he believes these numbers uh, could be much higher than officially captured. Uh, the conflict started somewhere 24th November 2021. And in fact, I can tell you that it is difficult to ascertain in the sense that police report, which is official, is different from what is happening on the ground. I can tell you that many people died and their bodies were never given to police. Police is not aware of them. And so because of that, it will be difficult to ascertain the exact number of persons who have been injured or who, are, uh, who died. I am so worried about it because the combatant takes place at locations where it's difficult for the police or the military to even get, get to know. Before you realize somebody is hit, they kill somebody, and then the group will take the person and run away. How would you be able to know that? But I can tell you that the number of persons died, yes, would hit 200 and plus, if I'm not lying to you. Yes. So it's not easy. I want to take you to the uh, upper east region now. Let's bring in our upper east regional correspondent, Albert Sorry, who joins us on the telephone line right now. Albert, troubling day indeed. The gunshots tell the whole story. Uh, what more are we learning about this development today? Do we have any clarity where these gunshots were heard from in that particular part? Evan, so this is just like uh, the MC uh, just said. These shootings happen almost at any time of the day and you, people hear the gunshots in the air. They hear the gunshots ringing through the town, but it is very difficult you know, for anybody to tell the people who are doing the shooting or where they are doing it from. Because a lot of the time, you see that people are running helter-skelter for their lives. So nobody really pays attention to where the firing is coming from. So that is the situation. And it's there that Boku once more. Uh, and where we, why are we tonight since this started early in the day? We understand that this is stared at Boku again. I mean, what tends to happen is that each time something like this happens, then you have reprisals uh, and, and counter-attacks, etc., also playing a role. Where are we tonight in, in terms of the restoration of law and order? Yes, so uh, we know that there is curfew uh, in the town. It's been instituted for some time now, and at 6 p.m. every day, the curfew starts. 
till 6 a.m. the next morning. And so at this time, uh, people are expected to be indoors. In fact, this afternoon, when the gunshots were heard, a lot of people had to run in. We had videos of uh, children who had just closed from school, uh, who were working home and they were hearing the gunshots and they were running. And one of them was bold enough to, you know, just take a video of what was happening in the town. So at the moment, curfew is in place. Uh, it's been there for some time now. But one of the things you can not be sure about Boko is that even uh, during the curfew hours, people report that they are hearing gunshots. And that is the situation. And for many of the residents, they are wondering what it is, uh, why it is so difficult for the security agencies to clamp down on the people who are perpetrating these shootings. That is a central question indeed, Albert. Thank you very much. Let's bring in Adam Bona who has been following this development very closely and working his own sources on the ground. Uh, Mr. Bonard, that question is key. Uh, and we, we understand that the RECSEC is currently in a meeting trying to understand what this latest eruption is all about and, and, and get to the heart of this. But at the heart of this problem is also the inability to treat this as a crime and get people prosecuted and sanctioned that then serves as a deterrent. Well, yes, Evans, good evening. Well, that, that is that is a very critical issue you have raised. Uh, just two days ago, some young men rode in uh, this uh, tricycle they call Yellow Yellow into town, came out of their Yellow Yellow and started shooting, shot at women who were selling in the market circle. I think eventually this morning or yesterday, one of the victims died. And these guys escaped. Uh, largely, when some of these guys are arrested, for one reason or the other, they are granted bail, and they come back into the township and they begin to shoot. Albert Sorry, who is your uh, reporter in the area, spoke about even though there is curfew, you would hear sporadic shooting in town. Usually what happens is that the shootings, according to my intel, starts from the outskirts of Boku Township because the curfew itself is within the township, but close by communities, communities very close to Boku that are connected to Boku don't have a curfew. And so the shooting usually starts from there. And once it starts, it triggers a chain of a reprisal shooting within the township. And you know when the place is dark, it is difficult, not holding brave for the military and the police in the town they begin to shoot at one another. And now they've adopted what is called the gorilla tactic, run by shoot. They will run into an area, shoot at people, kill them, and run out. They, they will, you know, uh, ambush, what do you call that, uh, trailers, and burn them and shoot at them and kill some passengers. And every day people are dying in Boko. But Evans, what I can say is that uh, it looks like persons who are dying in Boku is no longer news because people are dying literally every day in Boku as we speak, Evans. And that is the real worry now, um, considering that it has just re-erupted. What really are the options on the table for the Security Council as they meet tonight? Well, uh, the, what, what is on the table is to go all out, trying to use the available options available to us. Uh, recently, the military started a non-violence approach, and some of the town folks you were daring enough to send messages and 
in fact, speak to the military and tell them that what they are doing uh, will never work. And so I think that they should prosecute those who are usually arrested and, uh, you know, ensure that the source of weapons in Tobacco, if you look at the kind of weapons that I've seen that have been, that are sent to me uh, in terms of uh, videos and images of weapons that are shared with me, I don't believe that some of the richest people in Boku Township can buy these weapons. So definitely, someone is supplying them. If we can arrest some of these people, prosecute them, we will be cutting off the fuel that is fueling this Boku conflict. Then we go into the chieftaincy issues and see how the Peace Council, the Otun Force, uh, you know, Mediation Committee, they again threaten even the Otun Force Mediation Committee. And so I think we need to put our best foot forward, which is what I expect maybe the leadership of this country to be doing. Uh, thank you very much there. And that, uh, by the way, is Adams Bona, who is a security analyst, also the chief executive of the Security Warehouse uh, Limited, uh, helping us appreciate the situation in Boko uh, tonight. If you're just joining us, uh, the situation in Boko has re-erupted. We've had gunshots today, people running uh, for their lives, with the uh, direct sec now meeting with the Security Council uh, for that particular uh, area, telling us, They've lost at least 200 people uh, to this violence since 2021. Uh, we are working our sources to try and get clarity on what that uh, Security Council meeting will decide uh, following this latest eruption in violence uh, in Boko. Well, tonight, the Minister for Foreign Affairs and Regional Integration, Shirley Ayoko-Bochi, has sacked officers on secondment from nine agencies for overstaying their duty at their Crown Passport Office. Now, Madam Ayoko-Bochi uh, was outraged uh, by the reported cases of extortion that is uh, currently a, a mainstay of that particular office. And he did. she did not hold back when she went all out demanding that they go. Listen. Anybody who has been here for more than a year, from Monday, please do not come back because you've been changed. We want to bring some sanity. Every time politicians are corrupt, politicians are corrupt. Meanwhile, it's some public civil servants who will do things that shouldn't be done, and then they put it on uh, politicians. We come, we do the right thing. I'm trying to bring sanity into the passport system, but no. I'm praying for that day when national... Identification will be issued to every single Ghanaian. And that day is coming. I'm told that they've issued to over 15 million already and still counting. Then no other agency will be allowed into a passport office because there'll be no need. Because when the person comes and they, they key in their name and their national ID number, all their details will come up and therefore there'll be no need to have any other agency maybe apart from the, 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 the printing uh, uh, room people, nobody will be, will, be, will be necessary anymore. So I beg you, do this work from your heart and stop making money off people, number one. Number two, treat the people who come here, the kind of uh, 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 um, um, comments that I've heard, it's not the best. Treat them well. They come here for today, you won't see them again. Because apart from coming for the passport, they don't come here again. So I thank you. I needed to have this eyeball-to-eyeball -eyeball conversation, not come to your offices. I needed to do this because it's becoming very serious.
Well, my colleague Samuel Mbura was there for us uh, today and brought us those sounds you just heard there. Uh, Samuel, which agencies are affected here? They include the Ghana Police Service, Best and Deaths, Immigration Service, National Investigation Bureau, Foreign Affairs Ministry, Military and uh, Military, the Ghana Armed Forces. We have the Fire Service and the National Security. So, in total, there are nine agencies who have their representatives at the passport of uh, passport offices in Accra. And from what the minister says, they will stay there. Welcome. Exactly. So she explained that um, officers who are mostly on secondment are not supposed to exceed five months. Uh, reason being that if they become familiar with the system, they may be tempted to compromise. So that is why she thinks that they must go and an, another badge from each of the agencies would be redeployed um, to um, ensure that they have a smooth administration of the place devoid of uh, corruption. And I'm curious, did she go there purposely to sack them? Well, uh, he is saying that there are so many reports about extortions of passport uh, applicants uh, in the passport offices in Accra and beyond. And she wants to sanitize the system. A reason she wants them to go so that she'll be able to ensure that the system is corruption-free. But she also disclosed that we can also expect some investigations that may lead to prosecutions well the minister has indicated that investigations are already underway in which the officers are not aware so some names have come up in the investigations and within um, the time frame they'll definitely come out with the findings and officers found culpable will be dealt with according to the law this cannot continue i always say that there's too much happening that really shouldn't be happening within the passport acquisition uh, system. If we talk about Goro people, these Goro people are outsiders. They do not work on their own. Because if the Goro person collects somebody's money, they need to work with somebody from inside to change their dates. They work with people from inside. I'm not saying all of you, but there are some of you who are engaged in it. And this should stop. The blame is always on the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Meanwhile, it's the agencies, and I'm sure even some of our staff are involved. Public servants who are supposed to be giving public service to Ghanaians. The vice president has led the digitalization effort with my, 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 my support and, 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 and all of, of my, my officers to put in place an online system. Now the online system is being manipulated so that people can make money off it. There's an investigation going on and some names have been mentioned. And there are people from outside, a cartel who are working with people from inside. And many of you are under investigation and you are not aware. Well, in Burraso, she publicly sacked these officers on second men. Did you see them park and leave right there? No. So the minister says that from Monday, they shouldn't come to the office. They should stay in their offices and then their superiors would um, deploy different sets of uh, officers to come to the passport office in Accra. So this very public dismissal takes effect from Monday. Imura. Hello, Evan. I lost you there. This, this very public dismissal takes effect from Monday. Exactly, Evan. Okay, yes. Thank you very much, Samuel Imbura. Let's bring in Samuel Okujita Blackwell, who is a ranking 
on the Foreign Affairs Committee in Parliament joins us right now. Mr. Blackwa, justified outrage there by the minister. Well, everyone, good evening. Uh, I commend the minister for uh, being hands-on, uh, getting to the field. Look, the reports have become too, too, too uh, troubling, and uh, uh, there was a need to show decisive leadership. And, and, and I think that the minister deserves to be commended. Uh, I can show you many petitions, and uh, if you look at our records of the Foreign Affairs Committee, we have held two meetings in recent times with the passport office about all of these reports. And uh, there's, a, there's a backlog, there are reports of, uh, of uh, all kinds of underhand dealings, bribery and all of that. So um, the minister going there herself and, um, and, 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 and taking decisive action, I, I, I think that um, should be applauded. The only concern I have is that uh, she, she was very angry and so she also has been sweeping uh, the challenge with this approach is that if care is not taken, some innocent people could be caught in the mix. So uh, we will urge the ministry to still uh, carry out some due process. Let's have an independent committee to, look, to investigate these matters. And, uh, and, and those who are engaged in this I- illegal act, uh, we are all for the acts to fall where they may. Uh, but uh, it's important that innocent people are not caught up in this because, you know, there's a lot of anger, there's a lot of outrage, uh, which itself is not, is not too bad. But because of the sweeping directives that you are all dismissed and all of that, we are only concerned that some innocent people uh, could be caught up in this. But uh, uh, generally, I think that uh, this is decisive action. Um, things should not have gotten this bad. Uh, but as they say, better late than than never, and uh, you 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 can't really really fault the minister for for taking decisive action on this really uh, 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 unholy conduct by uh, public officials who should be stopping this and not, if you like, colluding with uh, with, with with elements in our society to take advantage of people. And then a big question is, how do you ensure once you've done this? that it don't return because often ministers have gone there we've introduced other measures that get rid of these individuals only for them to return and that has been the challenge in the past so the solution really lies in the backlog being being addressed you see people are taking advantage of the backlog and because they are accused uh, because the system has been automated however there was some shortfall when we met with the printers and the private funders they claim that because of the uh, COVID-related uh, uh, supply chain issues, uh, it affected them. But it's been a while now, and we expected that these matters will have been resolved. The backlog will be cleared. So the backlog has to be cleared, and then let's, let's, let's return to full automation. Take out the human factor, uh, their discretion, uh, which is what is being abused by elements in the, in the system. So the backlog ought to be cleared. I think when we met the committee the last time, there was about 11,000 backlog, and that really is too high. And uh, people are now trying to get, you know, beat the system, go ahead of that backlog. That's what is leading to this mess. So once the backlog is cleared and we go back to full automation, taking out the human discretion, I think we should be fine. 
Samakuyotabalaka, thank you very much. And where do you stand on this very important subject? Let's hear from you. Uh, 055 I'll share your thoughts with the rest of the world. Right after business, I'll tell you why experts are telling us that it's now common to see children and adolescents die of suicide more than 10 years ago. Uh, and that's a, a big story we'll be bringing you on our latest hotline documentary. And we'll tell you why how, why the lack of official data is also hampering the work of experts in the fight against suicide, especially among children and adolescents. If you follow the media reports, you'll be troubled because the numbers keep increasing. The challenge is that we don't have official data. Uh, stay with us for that and more after business. And George, the minister was angry, upset, really outraged at the situation there. It's good to be angry, but again, how can we get the system work that automatically, if events you are seconded to an institution when your time is due, that institution will make sure that you return to your mother institution. So it's good to get angry, but again, how can we ensure that the system is working to ensure that we take out all these challenges? And I'll take your thoughts after George. George, what do you have in the headlines? Well, events coming up, uh, global rice prices surges to a 12-year high. As the Food and Agriculture Organization warns, it could even get worse in the coming months. Well, we have some bad news for consumers locally. And Bank of Ghana reveals measures instituted to turn around dwindling fortunes are already yielding results. The Business News on Newsnight is brought to you by MTN Business. Welcome to the new world of business. Alliance Life and Ghana Pay. If home is where the heart is, then let's go home, shall we? Let's go where the entertainment is. Where the passion is. Where the love ties. And sometimes, even the tears too. <laughs> Let's go where we feel safe enough to share our opinions. And send sweets. Where we do that embarrassing little dance to our favorite song. <laughs> Let's go home where the love, the care, and the joy live. <laughs> There's no place like home. Connect your home to super fast internet with affordable data bundles from MTN Home. Visit broadband.mtn.com.gh or your My MTN app to sign up today. MTN. Son, we are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you import them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks and chairs from Kingdom, and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets, plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationery items from Kingdom. And my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 14 years' experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery, and equipment. Visit our head office, Osu Akwaje, or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Committee 1, opposite Olam SHS, Kumase KNUSD Campus, UCC. 
Cape Coast and now at the Marina Mall, Airport City. Or call us 0302-764101-764209 or 7627792. Visit our website, www.kingdomgh.com. Luxurious affordable living is your right, and no one understands it better than BOT Properties. BOT Properties specializes in modern residential buildings and commercial office spaces. Our properties include the Equator, a 12-story made up of over 100 apartments near Accra Mall. At the Equator Courts, we offer you the deluxe living experience with our top-of-the-range homes, high-quality homes built with style and precision to suit your lifestyle. The Equator Courts is a gated community with two story four-bedroom detached houses at Ubuju East Legon near American House. Our office complexes include Zion House, Shiashi East Legon, Zion House, Sofaline Interchange, Kumasi. Our offices and apartments are for both rental and outright purchases at affordable prices and with flexible payment terms. Kindly contact us on 0257-960-919 or visit botproperties.com. BOT Properties, the new meaning of affordable luxury. No matter your water needs, Syntex has it all. Syntex Tank was first to introduce double layer tank and now you can have as many layers as you want. Syntex Tank was first to introduce white inner layer tanks in Ghana and now introduces the customer specs order which will let you order any color and size you want. Syntex Tank gives you the biggest warranty of 7 years which no other tank gives you. So whatever your water consumption, size of project or demand, choose Syntex Tank. Syntex Tank, stress-free. Syntex Tank, reliable. Syntex Tank, maximum guarantee. Call 0244-335-168. Kumasi 0505-555-666. Or visit SyntexGH.com. Syntex Tank, a year strong, a year tough. I'm a freak. You're welcome back to Business on Newsnight. Now, the price of rice on the global level has risen to a 12-year high. According to the Food and Agric Organization, the development has been influenced by India's decision to cut rice exports and bad weather conditions around the world. There is more in this report. The Food and Agriculture Organization's tracker for food prices around the world shows that our price index for rice in the month of July 2023 rose by 2.8% to hit 130 points. The organization's data also showed that the last time prices were up at this level was in September 2011. It also establishes that one of the major drivers of this increase was also bad weather conditions in all the top countries that also export rice around the world, like Thailand and Vietnam. But the UN agency that, as the FAO, 
was, however, quick to add that India, which commands about 40% of the global rice market and its decision to halt export, has been a major contributor. Well, one thing that should get a lot of consumers in Ghana worried is the fact that the Food and Agriculture Organization is warning that prices could even go up further in the coming months. The UN organization was worried of India's action at a time that there are issues with global supply of the commodity. The development could have serious implications on the price of rice on the local market in Ghana. This is due to the fact that the country depends heavily on imported rice to meet its local demand. Others are also worried about the impact of this development on Ghana's food security. The development is coming after price of onions shot up on the local market following development in Niger. One is not sure how this could impact on food price in the country. As the Ghana Statistical Service noted that it expects inflation to slow next month because price will be impacted by the harvest season. And that is a business tech report. Meanwhile, chairman of the Competitive Africa Rice Platform, Yawa Dupoku, said the situation is bad for Ghana and prices could be going up on the local market very soon. We would be affected because, to tell you the truth, of the rice that is imported into Ghana, a significant amount of it is coming from India in various brands. Mm. And so now that this one is going to take effect, it is going to affect her. And not only that, the other major exporters have also pushed their price up by about 12 to 15 percent, which means that the price of imported rice is going to rise. Uh, the hardship is the hardship is on those who go to the market and buy kumpu. That small thing that we call kumpu is sold for um, 5 CD to 8 CD. They are those who are going to be affected by this situation. And Iya Odupoku is the chairman of the Competitive Africa Rice Platform, talking about the fact that rice uh, could be going up significantly on the local market. And, and by the way, uh, tonight on PM Express, I was in the Malata market. Mm doing the market edition yeah. PM, Express, PM Express yeah looking exclusively at food inflation yeah yeah which yeah. obviously you know is yeah. the biggest contributor to the to inflation prices yeah. that we've seen the headline inflation is contributed significantly no none yeah. of the yeah. items in the basket contributes more in fact food inflation is 55 percent yeah so we're looking at that yeah. and it's very fascinating to talk to the market women and those who are coming in yeah. to buy just to get a sense of the challenge that people yeah. are facing when yeah. it comes to food and, yeah. and why the prices are going up mm. it's a very interesting conversation well, what, what, what's the reason it's interesting even well, because you, you know when you thought that things Everything were going to stabilize the external pressures or conditions are not looking good now with this rice situation it could be bad for us locally look at the vegetables like is it onion as well so when you thought that we're getting to the harvest season things will improve it appears challenging times right? listen to the market room and analyze the food <laughs> fascinating stuff join us on pms okay, i wouldn't miss events well, to other news, the Bank of Ghana has indicated that some of the measures that it had introduced to turn around this dwindling fortunes are already yielding results. This has impacted on its numbers for the first half of this year. Now, some of the actions include drastic review of its operations and expenditure for this year. Director of Research at the Bank of Ghana, Dr. Philippa Brodotu, tells your business they are in a strong position and that is where they've been able to meet all their policy mandate. We've operated the economy for the first six months of this year. We've provided all the support we can to the commercial banks uh, in terms of liquidity, 
uh, assistance in terms of their borrowing on the short-term window, uh, in terms of their placements with us overnight, in terms of the interest that we pay on those, on those placements. Those activities have gone on smoothly. This current position existed as at the end of December 2022. But that is not to say that negative equity positions are desirable. Mm -hmm. Issue right now is that of policy solvency. The mm -hmm. question and what that basically means to the ordinary man is despite the negative equity position or the negative laws, can the Bank of Ghana continue to deliver on its mandate of yeah. inflation? And can the Bank of Ghana continue to deliver on its financial stability objectives? Mm -hmm. And the answer is yes. Dr. Philip Abrodotu is Director of Research at the Bank of Ghana. Now, some market players are linking Star Oil's strong market performance to consumers now reacting to competitive pricing. Star Oil has now broken into the top three oil marketing companies in the country ending April this year. Now, this was after it took the test board from Total Energies when it comes to the total volume of products sold by an oil marketing firm in Ghana from January to April this year. Duncan Amwa is one of those market players that Joy Business has been engaging. If you have a price differentiation in one window yeah. between the top tier and some of the middle and lower tier mm. um, OMCs, and there's one Ghana, you end up wondering whether economies of scale really comes to play because the top tier OMCs, we'll you and I would want to believe if someone is doing 60, 80 million liters within a given, you know, month, you would expect that at 80 million liters, even if you are making 10 pesos or 20 pesos, you know, you will probably make more than the one selling 5 million. Mm. But in this instance, you find the one selling 5 million, 10 million mm. at the end of the month, mm. pricing cheaper. So maybe their overheads may be higher, but whatever it is that this new entrant into the top three is doing, yeah. it's clearly a signal to the big three that you cannot continue to ride on, you know, either our ignorance or sometimes what we don't know you know, and price the same. Duncan Amwa is the executive secretary of the Chamber of uh, Petroleum Consumers. You know, the Chamber of Petroleum Consumers are, is forecasting that fuel prices should be going up by some significant margin later this week. Now, this is in line with a view that is done every two weeks as part of the deregulation of the sector. Now, MTN Ghana is said to have paid some $10.5 million as dividend payment for the first six months of this year to the group in South Africa. According to website techfocus24.com, this is a fraction of the $251 million paid in taxes, fees, levies, and other payments to government agencies in Ghana. Now, regarding to the impact of these funds on the strength of the Ghana City, Chief Executive, uh, Chief Finance Officer at MTN Ghana, Antoinette Kofi, says... All the shareholders of the company, including MTN Group, are paid in the Ghana City into their local bank account. So there's no cause to worry about the impact of these payments on the Ghana City. And that's all uh, for Business on Newsnight. Back to you, Evans. Uh, George, thank you very much. And a few of your messages on our WhatsApp console now and Koshi from across says the minister was justified in her actions. However, does the passport office have a CEO maintained with public funds? She's asking. Also, this one uh, says on the same subject, uh, by the way, 
uh, says, I am more than elated about the minister speaking up on the rots going on at the passport office. The Tema branch is no exception. My husband was giving an appointment for October ending to renew his passport. When he went to the office to push for an earlier date, the staff requested that he pays 500 CDs to reschedule uh, to, uh, for August. I feel hopeless in the Ghanaian system uh, if we sent us that message. Uh, this one also uh, coming in from Yao in Ireland uh, says Guru boys are real at the passport offices as usual in Ghana, Africa, eliminating corruption entirely is impossible at institutions. In the process of submitting my completed passport application form at Kumase, I was told I printed the wrong template by the receiving officer. I requested for directions. The lady said she cannot help. I stood there for several minutes, frustrated, before one male officer came to give me directions on which template to print for submission in our country. And he sent us this one from Ireland. And a final one on the subject of the Foreign Affairs Minister's anger tonight. Uh, Kufi Siri says, getting angry is meaningless unless it is linked uh, with a pragmatic action to stop people from being exploited at the passport office. Your views there on our WhatsApp console. Uh, Ms. Bow is here with sports. Events. Well, uh, the Ghana Football Association election is uh, getting very heated and at former Black Stars coach Kwasi Apia, he has filed to contest for his sports on the Executive Council of the Association and his bid is focused on securing one of the five positions designated for Premier League clubs with his candidacy being supported by Asante Kotoko. Now, the GFA has reported that a total of 11 candidates, including a pair, submitted their forms after the application deadline. The election for the Executive Council seat is scheduled for September 27, during which five individuals will be elected to assume office. All candidates will be vetted before the final list is published on Monday, August 28. That's according to the GFA elections guidelines. Well, among the candidates in contention is Eloy Amande, a former sports journalist, and Dr. Randy Abbey, who is the chief executive officer of Heart of Lions and also a current member of the executive uh, council. Uh, Pierre uh, was rec had recently took on a role within Asante Kotoko's interim management committee, and uh, he's serving as sports director and contestant on the ticket of Kumasi Asante Kotoko over there. Meanwhile, President of the Ghana Football Association, Kete Kreku, has been speaking and uh, calling for patience and unity among stakeholders ahead of the election, insisting that the future of football in Ghana is bright. We are here to again say one thing. We are together. We are together in good times. We are together in bad times. Our game will go through bad times. But our game will go through a lot of good times. Our collective future is very bright. We have to be patient. We have to come together as a family. Because that's the essence of being part of this association. That's uh, Keto Kweku, president of the Ghana Football Association there. Well, um, I'm sure in a few minutes, Manchester United will be playing Bournemouth in their first game of the Premier League season. It was a fascinating weekend of football. Chelsea, Liverpool, 101. And Arsenal, big winners, two goals to one there. And uh, we'll wait to see if Manchester United will be able to turn up over there. Well, that's it for sports brought to you by Pepsodent Herbal and Chaco Pepsodent.
every smile matters. My biggest surprise this weekend was Chelsea, actually. Mm. They played well. He enjoyed it, they, didn't They you? played well. Mm. And considering all the changes that has yep. happened there, the players leaving, you mm. thought they were going to struggle. And they, they should have won the match. Yeah, we had decent chances to have won the match. But uh, well, we'll see We'll see how United will fare today. You know, we'll see. Uh, future without Harry Maguire, we'll see how you <laughs> fare. <laughs> Thank you very much, Bao. Now, it is now common to see children and adolescents die of suicide than any other time in the last 10 years. Now, as my colleague Ohim Interior discovered in his latest hotline documentary, Whispers in the Dark, many children, some as young as seven years, virtually end their lives every day in Ghana through suicide. But lack of official data on suicide, especially among minors, could make it far more difficult for experts to design specific interventions to deal with a menace. Here is an excerpt of this documentary. Attempted suicide until now was criminal, punishable by law. But experts are worried lack of data on suicide, especially for those that involve children and adolescents, could spare doom for the country. First is Dr. Emmanuel Niboykwashi, a suicidologist at the psychology department at the University of Ghana. He wants the government to take the lead in the collection of official data on suicide. If you follow the media reports, you'd be troubled because the numbers keep increasing. The challenge is that we don't have official data. What I mean is that government has not set up a system like a surveillance system to routinely collect data on suicide. As we speak, the Ghana Health Service has made an effort. President of the Psychiatric Association of Ghana, Dr. Ruth Oswentry, insists the time is now to pay attention to suicide among minors. When we clump all the figures together, it becomes difficult for us to know where even to focus the attention. Some earlier studies have tried to categorize the age, but we tend to forget and pay attention to them. Even if they are the second highest or the third highest, it is still very worrying because these are future leaders. And if we are losing them to suicide, then the future of the country is very bleak. From Kumasi, for Joy News, I'm Interia reporting. Now you want to catch the uh, full documentary it's on the join you channel at 8 30 you heard it in the morning if you missed it catch it on the join you channel at 8 30 p.m don't miss it now the minority on the foreign affairs committee in parliament is calling on west african leaders to address conditions that lead to coup rather than merely responding to them after they occur Ranking member Samuel Okujita Blakwa list corruption unemployment and others as some of the triggering factors West African leaders, and indeed African leaders generally, are still looking at only the symptoms. Why is it that within the ECOWA sub-region, we've had six schools in three years? Does that not alarm them? They are quiet when people like Watara in Ivory Coast changing the constitution. See what Sal is doing in Sidigar. Many opposition leaders are in jail. He tried to, 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 to run for a third term. So, and, and these are the people pontificating. Saying that we have 1,000 troops ready, we are coming to Niger and all of that. Look at them. They are giving lectures on democracy. Look at their credentials. And these schools will continue if African leaders do not address the causative factors. What are they? Corruption, state capture, bad leadership, underdevelopment, poverty, 
unemployment, the neo-colonial architecture. Look at a country like Niger with all their uranium deposits. Should they be the poorest country in the world? In terms of multi-dimensional poverty, <laughs> Niger is always the last or last but one. All of these matters, the neo-colonial entanglements, the bad leadership on the continent, the massive corruption, and how this is a, the youngest continent, and yet the continent with very little or no opportunity for young people. And see how these schools are so well received. What is democracy? Mm? If democracy is really a government by the people, majority of the people, so the only way forward, uh, the Akufuado government has not engaged parliament. I mean, can you believe that? Well, on the subject of what is happening in Niger, uh, we know uh, that the ECOWAS has decided they called off their meeting of the uh, security chiefs in Accra to give diplomacy a chance. As we know already, the Niger's military junta has also announced plans to prosecute the deposed president, Mohamed Bazoum, for high treason and undermining national security. Uh, this is a latest sign that the junta intends to resist international pressure to return power to Mr. Bazoon. And that's an issue that keeps developing. And that's it for Newsnight tonight. My name is Evans Mensah. Enjoy the rest of your evening.